Welcome to Wallbuilders, the intersection of faith and the culture. We're taking on the hot topics of the day from a biblical, historical, and constitutional perspective. And you can learn more at wallbuilders.com. Go to wallbuilders.com today. You can get some great tools for your family to start learning these things, for you to dive deep and understand the foundations that made America the greatest nation in history and how we can restore it. I'm Rick Green here with David and Tim Barton. Our friend Phil King will be joining us a little later in the program. He's a state senator in Texas. We're going to be talking about a Ten Commandments bill he has for public education. Uh, David and Tim, it's uh, man, a lot has changed since the summer of love. Well, that's if you love the Constitution. Last summer was the summer of love. So many good decisions, including that Coach Kennedy case. Of course, we've talked about the Bruin case for guns, the uh, uh, Dobbs case uh, to overturn Roe v. Wade on abortion, the, the, the West Virginia EPA case on regulation. I mean, there were so many good things, but Wall Builders has been working on this religious liberty issue since you started it all those years ago, David. You write about a lot of these cases and original intent that created this legal mumbo jumbo, uh, just these complicated tests that the judges came up with out of thin air for whether or not you could live out your faith. And thank you, Sam Alito and Clarence Thomas and Gorsuch and the rest that have been systematically dismantling that. It looks like uh, things like what we're going to talk about later on the Ten Commandments. Uh, We've got a lot more freedom today than we had a year ago. Yeah, it took the court 24 years to actually move from introducing the concept that we didn't need as much religion in public to actually giving a test that took it all out. And so in 47, the court said, you know, we just we, we, we need a, a wall of separation that's a little higher and different from what Jefferson meant. And so over 24 years, they chirped away at it. They, they took out prayer. They took out Bible reading, took out a lot of stuff out of, out of public schools. And then in 71, they said, look, we're just we're, we're going to give you a new test. And the, the way you can tell if something religious is constitutional is if the primary purpose of that religious activity is secular. And guess what? I don't think I know of a single religious activity whose primary purpose is secular. And so since 71, we've gone through really better part of 50 years of losing every case, about 7,300 cases. Uh, but it only took the court four years to get it right and, and really roll that back, at least the announcement of it. And so if you go back to, to 2019, our friend Kelly Shackelford, First Liberty, they had that Bladensburg Cross case. And that Bladensburg Cross was a war memorial cross after World War I. Um, there was a couple dozen guys killed in the county in Maryland, and the mothers erected this cross to the memory of, of their children. And the lower court said, you know, you can't say the primary purpose of a cross is secular, so that cross has got to go. Uh, they even suggested that you could break the arms off the cross and just make it a single pillar, and then it'd be constitutional, but just don't make it look like a cross. And that got to the court, and the Supreme Court said, that's crazy. We're not doing that. And the court said, if something is a longstanding historical, uh, traditional practice, we're going to assume this constitutional, like crosses and cemeteries, et cetera. So with that, you can start saying, well, my goodness, there's a whole lot of stuff that, that's constitutional if you do that, and nativity scenes and, and prayer schools and Ten Commandments and Bible and whatnot. And so we didn't know how far they were willing to go, but at least they, they knocked down the, the test. And they said the lemon test really is a flawed test. It's not very good. And then last year, there were two cases uh, where they just kind of put the nail in the coffin and said, we're done with lemon. Those 7,300 cases were all wrongly decided. Uh, we need to real, ro- roll all those back. And part of it came with our friend Matt Staver and Liberty Council, who had that, that flag case where the Boston uh, City Hall flew more than 200 different commemorative flags, but they refused to fly a Christian flag. We'll do anything except Christian. 
and they did that because of the lemon test. And so the court at that time said, no, you're going to fly that flag too. And the lemon test, this is just a terrible test and it's not appropriate. And then later that year with Kelly Shackelford's case, Bremerton versus Kennedy or Kennedy versus Bremerton, um, Coach Kennedy who had prayed in the football games there in Washington State, and they were they told him you can't pray. And it was privately after the game, he'd go up by himself to center yard line, kneel down, have a silent prayer. And you can't say the primary purpose of that prayer is secular, but you can say the Constitution does give you a free exercise of religion. So how can the primary purpose of a prayer being secular how come you're allowed to strike down the explicit language of the free exercise? And that's what the court said, we're done with Kennedy. And so with that being done, it has opened a new door. And most Americans are not aware of the fact that there's some 7,300 different court decisions that were decided limiting religion in public that are now pretty much off the table. Now, that doesn't mean it's all back in. doesn't mean we're going to start having Bible reading schools or prayer in schools or anything else. It means that the court has opened the door and said, hey, if you'll walk through it, and if you can prove that it's it's historical and traditional, then we're willing to say that it's constitutional, even if it's religious. And so now you've got a lot of legislators starting to move forward with those ideas, starting to say, well, let's put some cases before the court and see. And by the way, let me just tell everybody, you just need to be doing this everywhere you have an opportunity. If you're on the city council, make sure you open the city council with prayer. If you're on the school board, make sure you open the school board with prayer. If you've got kids graduating this year, make sure they include a prayer at the graduation ceremony. Make sure they have a baccalaureate service at a church, because these are all the things that have gone on for decades and centuries in America. Go back to doing this, because the court has said, hey, we're willing to, to, to roll back this other stuff. So with that, we've, we've just seen a lot of guys in the legislature willing to say, okay, let's go back to what was constitutional for decades and decades, even centuries, and let's get that back in again now that we've taken the activist court out of this. Well, and so that means then that we need legislators that are willing to be aggressive, uh, churches that are willing to be aggressive, uh, organizations, and of course, uh, um, you know, Phil King is uh, is one of those guys and, and uh, went into the legislature with him as freshman many, many years ago. Now he's over on the Senate side, and he's your senator. So, uh, uh, Ten Commandments is nothing new for for for, for wall builders, of course. We've talked about the the Stone v. Graham case for many years. We've we've talked about wow, wouldn't it be good if we told the kids not to murder and not to steal and do that sort of thing? So I think it's really cool that your state senator is the one that is bringing that that bill uh, for here in Texas. I think that's just like poetic justice. It is pretty awesome that uh, <laughs> we have our, our senator leading the charge because we got to go down when he introduced it in the Senate and testify in the Senate committee. Uh, we, we had our good buddy, Matt Krause, uh, who actually does some speaking for Wild Builders periodically, but now he, he a former state legislator, works with First Liberty Institute, Kelly Shackelford's group, and they're the ones that had the Kennedy decision. And so Matt Krause, uh, my dad and I all got to go down and testify in the Senate. And really, it was fun unfolding this uh, because Matt was able to, to tell kind of the story of what has happened legally uh, in the last several years in this journey from Bladensburg, really, till kind of the, the, the major overturn with Kennedy, give some level of explanation of uh, even the notion of the separation of church and state, how that's really not the proper legal understanding uh, of what you can do. And then certainly, Dad, when you started getting into some of the history, starting with the New England Primer from 1690, and showing from the very beginning of American education, the Ten Commandments was fundamental, so much so that, for example, back to the New England Primer, that was first in 1690 all the way to the early 1900s. 
in the back of that New England primer, students had to memorize Westminster Shorter Catechism, which has more than 40 questions on the Ten Commandments. Students had to know the Ten Commandments and really have a good understanding of the Ten Commandments. And this was this was in first grade, the first level. They had to know this very well. And then as you go forward, whether it be in the history books, such as Noah Webster's History Book of America, where he explains the Ten Commandments, literally God giving them to Moses. And students had to learn and memorize portions of that, which of course they had a foundation in from the Bible already. When you get to McGuffey's Readers, which is one of the most sold textbooks in American history, uh, with the the tens or really arguably hundreds of millions that were used in public schools. And he went to the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments have always been a foundation of education. And then I was able to make the argument for the moral components, the, the, the obvious moral need of the Ten Commandments. And, and so together... It was something that once we were done, there really wasn't a good argument against the Ten Commandments. When you can show that legally, historically, morally, this is what should be happening, it was so effective that actually there was a Democrat who voted in favor of the Ten Commandments coming out of committee. Now, once we went to the floor vote, it was a straight party line vote. Probably uh, some Democrat got a hold of the Democrat who voted in favor of it, and they're like, hey, you, you can't vote for the Ten Commandments. you got to be on our side, which is just crazy that no Democrat thinks that students should be exposed to the Ten Commandments. Nonetheless, it was super fun to be able to be down there in the Senate committee. And then it went over to the House, uh, and we were able to testify. Actually, this time, just Matt Krause and I, uh, Dad, you were flying in trying to be there. Um, you you landed a few minutes, literally, a few minutes before we testified. You were there, poor, said, hey, guys, I just landed them on the way. And we said, well, they just called our bill, so we'll, we'll see you when we're done. Uh, but Matt Krause and I testified on the House side. And, and actually, it looks like maybe tomorrow they're voting this out of committee, God willing. So that's something that that's something that actually everybody listening, uh, you, you can pray that tomorrow. I believe that this committee is reconvening in Texas, and they're one of the things on the agenda is for them to vote on this issue. So pray that it is voted favorably out of committee. And uh, if it gets out of committee, we we have a lot of confidence that it should make it on calendars, make it to the House floor. We think there's a vote in the House floor, and then we have a lot of confidence that. Governor Abbott will sign it back in, but we we really let's let's jump to Phil and just uh, let Phil give an explanation of of some of what's been happening and and some of the progress Rick you alluded to that we're now seeing happening based on the overturning of of some of these bad precedents that have been for decades in use in America, but now with the overturning of them, really Coach Kennedy last year pinnacle overturning of the Lemon decision has just changed the game in a lot of ways. More good fruit from years and years of work in this arena. Stay with us, folks. Senator Phil King, our guest. We'll be right back on Wobblers. This is Tim Barton from Wall Builders with another moment from American history. In the early 1700s, the Reverend John Weiss preached that all men were created equal, that taxation without representation was tyranny, and that God's preferred form of government was the consent of the governed all of which is language recognizable in the Declaration of Independence. Why? Because in 1772, the Sons of Liberty, led by founders such as Sam Adams and John Hancock, reprinted and distributed the Reverend Wise's sermons. So four years later, much of the Declaration reflected the language of those sermons by John Wise. In 1926, on the 150th anniversary of the Declaration of Independence, President Calvin Coolidge affirmed, the thoughts in the Declaration can very largely be traced back to what John Wise was saying. Few today know that the Declaration was so strongly influenced by the Reverend John Wise. For more information on this and other stories, go to wallbuilders.com. Welcome back. Thanks for staying with us here on Wall Builders, our good buddy, State, I, I keep wanting to say State Rep Phil King, but it's State Senator 
Phil King moved over to the other side of the Capitol and uh, nearing the end of the legislative session and leading the way on a Ten Commandments bill. Imagine that actually getting back to the foundation of what made America great in the first place. Phil, thanks for coming on, brother. Thank you. Good to be here. Hey, man. So tell us what the bill does and uh, and what you think uh, chances are of getting this passed this year. All right. Well, um, you know, when I grew up, uh, many schools had the Ten Commandments posted. And then in 1980, there was a lawsuit out of Kentucky. Uh, I think it was Stone v. Graham. And and the Supreme worked its way up to the Supreme Court, and they said, no, you can't have Ten Commandments in the classroom. It's a violation of church and state. Well, the Coach Kennedy uh, uh, case from last year abolished the Lemon Test, which was the religious liberties test that so many cases like the Ten Commandments had been based on. Well, now that that's gone, we filed a bill uh, that uh, has passed out of the Senate, and it simply says that every schoolroom in Texas will have a posted copy of the Ten Commandments, and we use the same language that is in the Ten Commandments monument on the Texas Capitol. And uh, uh, passed out of the Senate on party lines, and uh, we'll see what happens in the House, but I think it's got a good shot. Oh, man, that's, uh, you know, imagine that. You, you, we've talked about this a, a lot over the years, you know, that if you if you actually put in front of children the idea, you know, thou shalt not kill or murder, thou, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not... Uh, lie. I mean, these are good things to teach the kids. It's just basic values that you're teaching. Um, what kind of objections are you getting to that? Well, you had some from people that are very, very far on the left that that uh, don't want the uh, influence of religion uh, in the in the classroom. And of course, it's it's part. There is no single document in American history that has had a greater impact historically on both our legal system. And on our moral code. and But as you said, we want every child to look up there every day, the entire time of their education, and read, honor your parents. Yeah. Don't, don't commit murder. Don't steal. Don't lie. Those basic things. But the objections have been some from the far left. Uh, some people have said, look, what if you're Muslim? or what if? And, and, you know, my thought is all the Muslim parents I know want their child to see every day something that says, don't lie, That's right. honor your parents, That's right. don't steal. The surprise was the Texas Baptist General Convention, Christian Life Commission, who specifically said, when I asked them that they were there representing the Texas Baptist General Convention, came in and testified strongly against the bill, said that, uh, that uh, matters of religion whether or not adultery was wrong, whether or not these other things, that those should be brought up by the family and not in a public school classroom. Wow. And I will tell you, I was utterly shocked. Well, you know, I, I'm not in a way, Phil, because I remember, of course, you and I came into the house together. Uh, I won't say how many years ago because people don't know how old we are. But, uh, but you know, back then when I was campaigning that first time, uh, I was shocked then at how a lot of those churches were were against me or not for even getting involved or encouraging their people to vote, even though, you know, it was a very clear, you know, on one side, pro-biblical, pro-life, that sort of thing, and, and on the other side, not. Um, and, and David Barton actually said, hey, you got to understand, these, pe- these people have been indoctrinated to believe in this separation of church and state thing the way that it's been interpreted by the left, and they are against everything we're for, even though they should be with us because they want the same outcome. 
they just don't understand the inputs and uh you know it's a shame man they they are they it seems like uh you know, we expect the opposition from certain certain entities and organizations, but like you said, when it's people that are Bible believing Christians, you would think they would understand the the value of that foundation of the Ten Commandments being taught. But it wasn't enough, I guess, if you got it out of the Senate. Well, that's correct. And and you know, the other thing, they forget people forget what the purpose of public education is. It's not merely to educate children. The real purpose is to provide an a functional, educated prepared citizen. That's right. That's right. And you cannot you cannot be a good citizen if you don't also have a moral base. And that's why schools also have to be involved in teaching what's right and wrong. Yes. And there's no simpler way to do that than the most historically um, uh, represented document in our in our nation's history. And actually, that of all Western civilization. That's right. Than the Ten Commandments for the influence it's had on the legal code and the moral code. I mean, just look above the Supreme Court justices when you're watching them, when you're watching a, a hearing, and right above their heads are the Ten Commandments. Yeah, yeah. You know, and Phil, you bring up a really important uh, point because it's not just the Texas Constitution, but virtually every state constitution. When you get to their education section, it starts with that, basically saying, in order to have an informed citizenry, in order to, to basically to preserve the republic. You need citizens that uh, that have good values and, and sure. that have been taught these things. So, really, really good point. Now, you've got you get there's some other religious liberty bills uh, going through public school chaplains, yeah. things like that. Kind of catch up, catch us up on some of those. Yeah, it's been a really fun session. The Coach Kennedy case opened up a lot of opportunity, and one is uh, the uh, uh, for chaplains. And you know, chaplains in the military. And I was a police officer for a long time. We had a full time uh, chaplain with the police department. Uh, chaplains uh, take a more holistic approach to than a counselor does. You have school counselors, and frankly, they end up mostly working on advising kids on, you know, what courses to take and that type of thing, and struggling through some different issues that may come up. But the chaplain is more there uh, with the with the student, with the child, uh, uh, kind of throughout the day, building relationships. And there is a bill that will allow schools the option of, in addition to counselors, hiring. Uh, chaplains, and of course, they're they're going to be people that are qualified for it, and the, and the schools will make that decision. So that's an opportunity. Then another opportunity is a bill that uh, Senator Mays Middleton uh, is carrying, and it just says that each school district that their board of trustees must take a vote and on whether or not they will allow a time for prayer and or Bible reading conducted by the students and it's, it makes it optional whether they do that or not but they the board of trustees actually has to bring it up and vote on it and that'll let all the parents know exactly where their trustees are on such issues well that's good that's good man well i i heard that when you had your hearing on the ten commandments bill uh you had some some guys from your district that that showed up last name barton and uh you know, I just yeah, they were on if... the weak side, you know, but but <laughs> but they did okay. No, David, we had a great panel. In fact, it was the best, one of the best, if not the best, testimonial panels I've seen in 25 years in the legislature. Mm. Uh, David, uh, Matt Krause, David Barton, and Tim Barton, and Matt began by speaking on the legal aspects of the of the bill, and then uh, religious liberty and separation of church and state, and those things. And then David talked on the history and brought some books from early school days and the early days of our nation that that uh, 
that had the Ten Commandments and, oh, and, cool. and, and things like that. And so that was, was, was incredibly impressive. Uh, and again, that's that history aspect. And then um, Tim spoke on the moral code and the importance of kids seeing that, 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 that a moral code is so important that is posted in every classroom, yeah. in every public school in the entire state. Ah, so good, man. So good. Well, last thing I'll ask you uh, and let you go. I know you got to get to the floor to vote, but um, just trends, kind of your per- your perception after all these years in the, in the legislature. And, you know, so many of these bills you're carrying now had no chance 10 years ago or 15 years ago. And um, I, I mean, do you feel a resurgence of a desire to go back to those foundations, in, you know, among your colleagues and, and as you watch the testimony or, or talk to people in the district? Well, you know, it's such a battle. And, you know, it's not just whether or not you know, uh, you can do something like the Ten Commandments or have a, uh, a special time set aside for a few minutes for prayer for kids or things like that. But on the opposite end, we've got this giant fight over these library books. Yeah. I mean, the lieutenant governor showed me a book the other day that, that they found in 124 of 125 public school libraries that they checked. And I'm telling you, it was incredibly pornographic. The, the, uh, the, pictures and the the how-tos that it showed, and then teaching kids things like, um, hey, you're safe on the Internet. When you're on the Internet, it's okay that wow. nobody knows what you're doing. It's your safe place. Wow. You can believe what's on the Internet. I mean, this is in a book that was in 124, 125 lives. And this fight that we're having to try to get districts to go through and really look through their books, pull out the bad things. And uh, and then have good processes in the future to keep that coming. Fighting things like that is just stunning to me. Mm. Plus the fact that we're having to deal with all this pronoun stuff and and uh, you know teachers being told that if a child wants to be called they or it or whatever that they have to and that they have to do that and 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 the fact that we're having on the one hand we've got these great opportunities with things like Ten Commandments and on the other hand. We're, we're fighting uphill to try to get pornography out of some of our public school libraries. And it's just, it's just astounding. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's shocking to see the, you know, even the, even parents taking their kids to these drag queen shows and all, all of this stuff that's, that's happening. And, and it's, it feels like to me that that is shocking a lot of these people that, that have been sitting on the sidelines into action and into supporting things well, like that. Well, they need t- to get on the ball. Yeah. Because I'm telling you. Mm. I'm telling you, it's uh, it is an uphill fight. Ah, oh, man, man, it's a it's a huge battle, brother. Well, you're in it every day, right there on the front lines. Uh, we love you and Terry, and God bless y'all for what you're doing. Pray you have a really strong last few weeks of the of the session, and uh, looking forward to to some great victory re- uh, after action reports. <laughs> so thanks, yeah, Bill. I, I, I look forward to it too. Thanks a bunch. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back with David and Tim Bart. friends, this is Tim Barton of Wall Builders. This is a time when most Americans don't know much about American history or even Hebrews of the faith. And I know oftentimes for parents, we're trying to find good content for our kids to read. And if you remember back to the Bible, to the book of Hebrews, it has the Faith Hall of Fame where they outline the leaders of faith that had gone before them. Well, this is something that as Americans, we really want to go back and outline some of these heroes, not just of American history, but heroes of Christianity and our faith as well. I want to let you know about some biographical sketches we have available on our website. One is called the Courageous Leaders Collection. 
collection. And this collection includes people like Abigail Adams, Abraham Lincoln, Francis Scott Key, George Washington Carver, Susanna Wesley, even the Wright brothers. And there's a second collection called Heroes of History. In this collection, you'll read about people like Benjamin Franklin or Christopher Columbus, Daniel Boone, George Washington, Harriet Tubman, Friends, the list goes on and on. This is a great collection for your young person to have and read, and it's a providential view of American and Christian history. This is available at wallbuilders.com. That's www.wallbuilders.com. Welcome back to Wallbuilders. We're back here with David and Tim. And, of course, as we said earlier, guys, uh, y'all have been working on this. We've been working on this at Wallbuilders for decades and decades. It's a huge issue, and it's good for the culture. We need the kids to see these basic basic rules of of life and uh and and our entire legal system is based on them so it's good for them to be seeing these things at the school and one of the things that that should be obvious for most people is that every nation is governed by a set of morals and boundaries and the ten commandments have been the foundation of western civilization from the very beginning the the reason we came up with the ideas like when in fact we were testifying in committee we had to swear that what the the testimony we were giving was going to be a truthful honest testimony. Well, why do we do that? The Ten Commandments is actually the reason when we're not supposed to bear false witness. We're supposed to be truthful when we give testimony. That's where that idea came from. The, the, the reason that, that murder is wrong, the reason that theft is wrong, the foundation of that lies in the Ten Commandments regardless of class, regardless of group, regardless of political affiliation. There's a certain governing behavior that is always right and wrong. The founding fathers were so clear that you have to have a moral foundation if we would going to be a free nation. And this is where the Ten Commandments were that moral foundation that allowed us to be a free nation. The idea that we can send people to jail if they kill people, if if they if they murder somebody, if if they steal, this is something it would seem like. If we if if we are having kids that are murdering at a higher rate, they're doing violence at a higher rate, it would make sense that probably we should start telling them, hey guys, that's a bad thing to do to to show them this moral compass of right and wrong is the only logical position for someone paying attention. Unfortunately, there's just Democrats and sometimes even Baptists who didn't support that decision. And Southern Baptists, their leader at the Capitol took this position. Most pastors would not agree with that. Most Baptists would not agree with that. So if you're a Baptist in Texas or if you're a Baptist pastor in Texas, you need to be talking to leadership for the state and saying, wait a minute, what are you representing us at the Capitol? What are you saying we believe? And I doubt that there's a Southern Baptist in Texas who opposes the Ten Commandments. Maybe there is. But overall, overwhelmingly, Southern Baptists support the Ten Commandments, except they're at the state capitol. And that's just not a good image for Southern Baptists to have at the state capitol in Texas. So contact them. Let them know exactly what you think. All right, folks, we're out of time. You can learn more at our website today. Check it out at wallbuilders.com. Thanks so much for listening to Wallbuilders. We stand undivided forever.